Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, thanks for listening today. Martha and I recently were interviewed by Joe Carroll from Biblical Leadership for Excellence and his Zoom call for all of his people out of San Antonio, Texas. We thought we'd share this interview with you. It's always great to give you a perspective behind the scenes and some things that are on our heart. Hard for us to share just with you, but when somebody asks us the questions, it seems like it's easy. So enjoy. And if you want to check out Joe Carroll and his team online, bleonline.org, Biblical Leadership for Excellence, bleonline.org. Enjoy. We just uh, want to get started here and welcome uh, Jim and Martha Vrangenberg uh, to our time here. So thank you very much for you joining us from Florida. And uh, I've had the privilege of knowing you guys for a few years now and even had you in our home, which we were blessed by. And uh, they have the privilege of, of interacting with uh, a lot of people in the workplace, both company owners and individuals who, um, who are wanting more, who want to know how to make a difference in the workplace and want to make sure that God is being honored in all aspects of life, including work. So. Uh, Jim and Martha, welcome. And if you could you. maybe take some time just to share a little bit about yourselves, uh, what a little bit of your past and um, your vocational past. Um, okay, good. Uh, Start sweating. Which part of your past, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, when your wife is with you, you can't lie, you know. So, no. <laughs> I I, wait a minute, is that the only reason you can't lie? <laughs> so, I thought so there was tell other us a reasons bit about Jim and Martha and uh, and how this thing called mm. "I Work for Him" ministry started. Mm. Well, you want to start vocationally. Yep. Okay, so let's just, the little bit of love story. We both committed our lives to full-time Christian ministry on July the 13th, 1979 at the exact same youth conference, the same place three years before we met. We met in August of 1982. We went on our first date in 1984, and I told my mom the next morning that I would be marrying Martha. We got married in June of 1986, so we've known each other 38 years years and so no you're right i can't tell a lie because martha's told me my whole life not that i would anyway but anyway that's the love story part yeah so vocationally it's kind of an interesting you know walk down memory lane when you start thinking about that i grew up in an entrepreneurial home and um i thought that my life calling would be to wear a navy blue suit and to work in a high-rise crunching numbers all day wow, isn't that just a dream everybody dreams, right? So little did I realize that that entrepreneurial spirit was in me as well. So I have um, a major in management and a minor in accounting. And um, I did do accounting for a mortgage company, a construction company. Um, and then we transitioned very early on in our marriage into um, Jim will tell you his background, but we own a chain of insurance agencies and a used car dealership. So uh, yes, we were those people. A lot of people think that's the bottom of the, you know, insurance and used cars. There's it's, always you know, attorneys. We're not a lawyer. There's always yeah, attorneys. Not, <laughs> but, um, and that's really, and then I spent about a decade in Christian retail. So um, throughout our, most of our marriage, we have worked together um, in one form or another, whether it was our full-time gig or on the side 
um, hustle, as you could say. So we both got four-year degrees, and because of that commitment to full-time Christian ministry, we naturally thought, because nobody was saying anything differently, that I needed to go to seminary to get a, a, a master's degree so we could go work in a church or go on the mission field somewhere. That's what we thought. And the Lord twice sent the senior pastors, twice I enrolled in seminary, twice he sent the senior pastors of our local church to <coughs> us. One time even had to bring his wife and said, Jim, you're not cut out for full-time Christian ministry. You could never handle, or being a pastor of a church, you could never handle having 400 bosses. Mm-hmm. Just be a lay minister and, and, and move on. That was just, I'm, I'm, Martha told me I had to be really quick today. You know, I was mentored <laughs> as a 22-year-old business guy. The business is business, the church is church. They have nothing to do with each other. And from 22 to 40, that's how we lived our lives. We worked really hard to make a lot of money so we could volunteer at night in youth ministry because because the local church pastor said, just be a lay minister, kind of like a swear word, just be a lay minister. Handle, let the professionals handle that, that church Christian stuff and you go be a business guy and give us some money. So, so how did that, how did that change? What, what, what changed in that thinking mm, and mentality? For you ah, well, what changed? God changed that. The Holy Spirit moved in us. Uh, first, we had to move to Florida. Uh, we moved to Florida because of Martha's health in uh, 2003. And God started working immediately as I joked to my friends about being in a midlife crisis on my own schedule. God started working in our hearts. And over the next 10 years from 2003 to 2013, God just started shifting my paradigm away from the things that I loved to recognizing that no matter what I was doing, I could be a minister in my workplace. And it was the influence of, of the book Halftime by Bob Buford, a guy right there in your own great state of Texas. Uh, and then the influence of Oz Hillman. And today God is first his daily devotional, which when I was 40, I, somebody gave me that. And that was the first time I'd ever heard that my work mattered to God. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to 2013, as I had really been ruminating on this and also had been studying Christians in a marketplace and realizing how embarrassing most Christians in a marketplace really are like, oh, please don't tell people you know Jesus if you're going to act that way. Please don't. You know, people like what Joe just said, you, you can't lie because your wife is here. You can't lie because you're a Christian. Okay, so don't lie in the marketplace either. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I speak to a small group like this uh, in 2013 on, in fact, February 19th, 2000, excuse me, 2000 and yeah, 13. That's right about five ways to incorporate your faith in your workplace. And I sat down in the room next to the only person I didn't know. And she goes, Jim, you need to talk about that on the radio. I'm like, you're nuts. She goes, no, I'm serious. I'm like, me too. I think you're nuts. (laughs) Never had I considered that. But literally to, to make a long story short, we had never ever considered that, but I had prayed very specifically for a life of significance, success, significance in my success because of halftime mm-hmm. a job where god would get the credit that i could never get the credit and a way to challenge thousands of believers to live out their faith in their work and radio was the answer to that and so we went on the air april 15 2013 wow so you had you started completely from scratch with that i mean you had no other background experience in radio or i've been no, spastic we, all my life <laughs> we really thought we really thought it was just a hobby and um, although both of us, um, an expensive hobby, you know, he enjoys talking, so that was talking. never <laughs> that was never going to be a concern. Who's laughing? And in the background? I know, right? Is that Martha laughing in the background? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. You're little, you know. So, um, so the dialogue part of it, you know, God 
prepared us for for years. Um, we led a small group for over a decade where um, Jim's style of teaching is not lecture. It is very interactive. So we really believe that God set the stage. We just didn't know it. He was um, also in insurance where you're asking good questions all the time in order to uncover the problem, that uncover where you need to have coverage and things like that. So it's interesting that, you know, as much as we say, radio was never on our bucket list. Um, God had been preparing the skills. He just needed to give us an open door for us to be able to practice them. Wow. So what what, what do you enjoy most about, so you've been doing this since 2013, so seven years, you have talked to an incredible number of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you still are actively doing that. What, what, what excites you about what you're doing when you talk to people about what they're doing uh, in their workplace? You know, you know what's funny is I think about it. It's like, Joe, we did, um, I remember when we celebrated our 100th show, and now we've done 1,600 shows. Wow. Um, we've talked to over 3,000 people. And the best part about our job is that we just get to help people share their faith story of how they're living out their faith in the work. And a lot of times, if you put them up in front of a microphone, they would sweat through their clothes and they would be nervous. But we just try to put them at ease and just get them to share their story. And then we get to share that with thousands of people every week. So the best part is we just get to be a help people to just share what God is doing already. Yeah, and I think for me, um, just kind of piggybacking on that, is to see the fact that the Holy Spirit is stirring the conversation in the lives of people across this country. We have the privilege of being able to see that um, similar things happening in different people's workplaces, that they're seeing they they're this desire to have a more authentic walk with the Lord, which includes their nine to five. And um, that we tell people the Holy Spirit is the one that is the coordinator for what's happening in the workplace. And so that's what's really exciting for us is to see that it's not, it's really not man. Um, you know, we are, we are the workers but uh, Holy Spirit is really busy. <laughs> All right, fun sideline for everybody listening today is that uh, in, so the first 15 months, um, it was just me on the radio, five o'clock at night, uh, one day a week. And then the, 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 for owner our of the hobby, for our hobby, yeah, very expensive <laughs> hobby, $200 an hour of radio. Um, and then the, but that's what the Lord said for us to do. And just so you know, God has provided every dime for all seven years. It was like manna from heaven. Okay, we never have been without. Okay, so, but then we started going to, the lady came to us and said, I think I can get you to five days a week at five o'clock in the afternoon. And we're like, holy mackerel, that's a lot of money. I mean, you're talking, <laughs> now all of a sudden you're talking um, $4,500 a month or something like that. And time so, and And time planning. and effort and planning and yeah. all these guests. So I, it went to two days a week and on Tuesdays, Martha joined me. And uh, we just talked about the intersection of marriage and work because if marriage, if your marriage and your relationships at home are a mess, it impacts everything you do, especially your work. And so if you're a business owner or a leader and your people are suffering at home, you need to help them be successful at home. Yeah. Otherwise, they are not successful at work. And so I, we've run into a lot of business owners that actually have marriage counseling as part of their deal. They hold marriage retreats for their people. I mean, on and on and on. We can get into that in a little bit, but so after a couple of weeks of Martha being on with me on Tuesday, a couple of my friends came to me and said, Jim, you know, when you're on the radio, it's, it's, it's good radio. When Martha's on the radio with you, it's great radio. 
<laughs> and and then, that's fine. I could take it. Uh, you know. <laughs> but but here's here's what's funny. She goes, Martha says, but it's your calling, Jim. It's not my calling. <laughs> oh yeah. wow! Yeah. And, but when and we so, went to five days a week, we both eventually quit our full time jobs, and it is obvious why. And you've met us. Anybody that's met us, and there's a few of you on here. Uh, this is a team that God created, and on the air, we are very good together. You are, and it just, it's it, not that I have anything against insurance, but it's, I, I think of you in this context. It's like, yeah, this makes sense. Uh, the commercial insurance the world was so much fun, though, Joe, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I bet. Well, well goodness, well, I, I'd like to hear a little bit more um, uh as we go further, but also I want to let our uh, participants know that if you have questions, uh, you can use your chat to, to surface those. And so feel free, if you have a question, go ahead and post that. And then we will try to give some space to maybe, um, you know, talk about those. But I, I did want, one of the things that it's always great is, is a part of what we've done in Kingdom Connection, share stories. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we all learn that we don't, necessarily need to all do the same thing the same way and from scripture we see that i mean there's no magic formula we see from all the 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 heroes of the faith that god used specific circumstances where he did specific things in their work but Mm -hmm. stories inspire us so what what tell us a couple stories of you guys as you guys have talked with people around the country uh of, of what you have seen and heard that that particularly have been encouraged and inspired you. you. You go with your first, your favorite okay. story first. Well, um, and to back up my story, I love the fact that this is a co-ed group right here because um, that is not always the case, especially in leadership. Um, people tend to, um, you know, it's it's the men, it's the the leadership that's been in in position for a while. And I find myself often to be the only woman or the one of few in a room um, when we're having this conversation. So kudos to BLE for um, really, you know, being diverse in that way. Um, So one of my stories is really surrounding the whole idea of women um, in work, because we actually are the majority in the workplace um, in the United States, for sure. And um, we have a gal out of Minneapolis that we have interviewed, and her name is TJ Tyson. And she ended up, she went away for a weekend asking the Lord some questions and um, came away writing a book in a four-day weekend that the Lord just downloaded to her. And it's called Killing Wonder Woman. And it is just it resonates. I, every woman on this call, and actually every man that has a woman in their life, knows right away what we are talking about when we're like Wonder Woman. We all This is think, not like an anti-Marvel comics kind of a no, conversation. No, of course not. In the context of work and our faith, you know, women carry this burden that we put on ourselves that we need to be Wonder Woman. And so just hearing TJ's story and what God walked her through and then gave her a resource to share with women and men, because actually, I think it was really good for you to read the book, Jim. Oh, I laughed my <laughs> um, head off know, as I read that book. It that, was so funny. That um, this is something that the, the Christian working women across our country need to hear, that number one, God didn't create us to be, <clears throat> excuse me, all things to all people. But he created us with a very specific purpose and with specific gifts, talents, and abilities. And so um, although 
it was her story and she you know, God gave her this book, it is for the masses. And so I just get so encouraged when I hear things like that and meet people like that, that are living out what God told them to do, because she didn't, you know, much like us in radio, she didn't ever say, oh, I want to be an author. But God gave her a message that she needed to share. And we see over and over again in just different um, women's stories that they they struggle to try to be all things to all people. And and then they're not living where God wanted them, wants them to be because they're, they're not doing any of it well, nor honoring him in the process. So. Well, you see, I, I can, you know, because typically what, what it seems like on the, on that vein is that they'll ask, are you working? Mm-hmm. And, and if, uh, you know, there's hardly any worker is any more active than a mom at home. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's for sure. I mean, it's like, uh, cause my, uh, my wife, Martha stayed, she worked at home for many years. She also did some tutoring from home, but, mm-hmm. but you know, it, usually people don't associate that's, that's being, you know, a stay-at-home mom and uh and and then for a working mom to also wear a couple roles not that dads don't but it it does seem to create a, a very sticky uh, arena and perspective in our society of how we view that so and, and we've studied it really in depth joe and friends and we realized that you know First of all, it's always been difficult to be a Christian working woman because there's not a lot of support at church for Christian working women. They hold Bible studies for women at 10 o'clock in the morning or on a weeknight, and Christian working women are like, I'm busy already. I need something. At best case scenario, this, a Zoom call. This could minister to many, many women, um, but it's it's a struggle. Whereas, and, and like I said, there's not a single guy on this call that would trade places with a, a stay-at-home mom. Not a single guy. It's just not happening. Well, maybe there's one, but they're not probably a nice call. Uh, But we just saw that there's such a great need to speak truth into the lives of Christian working women. We actually gathered 21 Christian working women that we'd interviewed out of the 450 we'd interviewed and said, hey, would you just tell your story? And we put it into a book that will get released later this fall called She Works For Him. That's just just one thing. All right, do yeah. I get to tell do I get to tell my favorite story? You can tell your story now. Right, yes. Okay. So, and just so you know, that we you know, one of the things God told us at the beginning when we went on the radio, he said, mm-hmm. "This I want you to always think nationally. This is bigger than you can imagine. Think huge." Which I'm Jim, I never had more than 10 employees. I'm not a big thinker. He also said, don't reproduce the wheel. So the temptation was to start my own little Bible study group of Christian business people. In fact, we did do that. And God said, no, that's not what I want you to do. I want you to highlight what other people are doing so it can be multiplied across the country. And so what we realized is that, uh, how many of you plan on retiring? Raise your hand if you plan on retiring. For those of you that, uh, how many of you plan you're not, none of you are fine. Joe, you've been doing a good job. Shelly. Okay. Shelly wants to retire. She can't wait to get out of the USAA. They're a great company. Come on. I used to compete against them all the time, Shelly. Uh, so, but the issue is that as Christians in America, we think retirement and the American dream is Christianity. And again, it's not. Uh, we are never to retire unless you're a Levitical priest and then you have to turn into a mentor because you used to be a butcher. Now you're a mentor. And, and, the retirement's not an option for Christ followers. That's not even part of the game. So we wrote a book to those people as well, along with Martha's dad, just telling those stories. Um, and he shared his stories all through uh, that and our I Work For Him book. So I say all that because there's holes missing in the faith and work movement, encouraging Christ followers who are retired to stay on the playing field 
don't sit in the grandstands, encouraging Amen. Christian working women, and then the everyday worker. So if all you guys are leaders, the people underneath you, who, who's, who's encouraging them on a day-to-day -day basis? And, and that's a fantastic thing. So my favorite story, I, it was in 2017. Brace yourself. It was 2017. I was going to interview two guys who had bicycle ministries in the city of Tampa. And so I opened up the show. Yeah, normally I open up with some Christian music. I opened it up with Queen's song, I Want to Ride My Bicycle. Okay? So, you know, because if you're going to talk about bicycles, why not? Set and it was stage. on a Christian talk radio station, so I thought I'm going to get kicked off the air after this one. So we <laughs> opened up the show, got these two guys. They're both running bicycle ministries for homeless people in Tampa Bay. They'd never met each other. We brought them on the show together, uh, formed a permanent partnership with these guys. And we always ask the question, well, how did you become a Jesus follower? So the one guy, he grew up at church, blah, 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 same thing. Fantastic. Loved it. Grew up at church, came to Christ, gave his life to Christ. The other guy says, well, I was on an LSD trip. And Jesus intersected my LSD trip, and I, after I came down from my LSD trip, I became a Jesus follower, and I started, and I started reading the Bible, and it, and it said that I was supposed to minister under the least of these things, and so under the least of these, and so I started doing that. I, I said I hooked up with homeless people, starting to befriend them and help them out, and, and it wasn't until later on that I realized that Christians don't really do that kind of stuff. That was all in the first seven minutes of the show, everything I just told you. So I thought, we're done. We're never going to be on the air ever again. But how fantastic was this? Mm -hmm. um, so a guy meets Jesus on an LSD trip and starts doing what the Bible tells him to do. And he basically what he did is he, he bought broken bicycles and parts, and he gave them to homeless people, taught them how to put them together. And if they work 10 hours, they got a free bike. So they could go to work. So they could go to work. Get a job. So that's my funny greatest story on Christian talk radio, LSD queen, uh, that's just fantastic. And I think that one of the things that really impressed both of us about that is that God doesn't need a formula. He doesn't need to say, you have to do this, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen. This was a, God saw an opportunity to touch somebody's heart. His life was changed. He read the scripture and allowed the scripture to tell him what his next steps were. And that is the message that we want everybody to hear. That, you know, it, again, uh, everybody experiences the love of Jesus a little bit differently based on where we come from, what we're interacting with on a daily basis. And what a great testimony to that when you, you can't make that up. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think the, the encouragement uh, is seeing how God often moves in that is definitely a weird story, Jim. And to think of it, that God revealed himself to somebody, you know, while he's on drugs shows the incredible power of God yeah. working in someone's yeah. life. And uh, I was around someone recently who had invested in my life many years ago, probably 40 years ago. And um, I thanked him just for investing in me and for the time that he took as a, I was a young 20 year old, kid at the time. And he told me that he was going through a very, very difficult time. Uh, I had no idea. Mm. He said his marriage was not good. He was struggling with whether he should leave the work he was doing at that point, you know, and it just reinforced to me that, that it's important for us just to stay in the game, you know, and to get up and, and, and call upon the name of the Lord every day. And in our brokenness and in our weariness, is that, you know, God God does amazing things beyond, you know, where we think we are. And so that encourages me. I know all of us, you know, we, we like to hear the spectacular, but oftentimes it's the simple things that we do as well of just 
taking a step with somebody that, that really does make a difference that we're sometimes even unaware of, and we don't need to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's been fun, Joe, as we've gotten to interview so many people, but one guy we interviewed several times, usually once a year, uh, he's an attorney, David Gibbs III from the National Center for Life and Liberty. And he talks about the rights we have as Christ followers in a workplace, from whether you're a business owner of 15 people or less, 15 to 50, 50 or more, whether you are an employee in a government job, employee in a regular corporate job, what your rights are for sharing or living out your faith in your work. And it's so important for us to realize that we have extraordinary rights. In fact, if you work for the government, you have the most rights because you are protected by the Constitution. But if you're a business owner, you have 15 employees or less, you actually can have a Christian organization. You can you can discriminate on your hiring. Not that you should, because that's ridiculous. You want to have non-Christ followers working for you, pre-believers, because it's your ministry place. But that was a really cool thing. We realized a lot of people didn't know their rights on how to live, that they had rights to live out their faith, to share their faith. <clears throat> but another one was this lady out of... Um, Midlothian, West Midlothian, Virginia. She was a business person and a pastor of a local church, and she launched her own church called Church for Monday. She wrote a book called Church for Monday, and they did a church. That's not what it's called. Do you remember what it's called? Like Life Church. Life Church, but it, but it's yeah. it. The whole emphasis is Church for Monday. So they they have all week long an incubator inside the church building. So it's used all week long incubating local small businesses. And they're ministering to all those people who don't necessarily know Jesus but need a cheap office space and teaching them the intricacies of faith and work and everything and Jesus and and faith applying to everything to these business owners on Sunday. It's fantastic. Church for Monday. Great book. Uh, Every church in America should be a church for Monday. Agree? Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) All those. Uh, Thumbs up. They can do thumbs up. (laughs) Well, and, and... I know a lot of churches today uh, and, and are struggling with, you know, we gathered as the gathered church, but what do we do as the scattered church? Mm-hmm. And so here, all of us here are on this scattered, you know, where we are in our offices and, and how do we, how do we make, how do we then make kingdom impact? And so I think it's worth talking about of, you know, when we hang up today of what maybe would be a next step for us as we think about coming into, um, you know, the fall, because this, you know, as as Shelly said, she's going to be working, you know, these bigger corporations, they've already announced they're going to be shut down through the end of the year. And so um, we're going to be, this is becoming more of a normal for us. So goodness, what are some things that that we can be doing, uh, to be taking some steps, some ideas that we can be doing uh, in terms of making kingdom impact where we are today. Any thoughts, Jim and Martha, of what we can be doing? Well, first, I just want to make sure everybody realizes that the church scattered, that was the original idea. That was Jesus's big idea. The church gathered in big buildings, expensive buildings, $9 trillion of church buildings across the country. That was not Jesus's idea. So the way the church looks today in America with uh, 150 to 200 million Christians scattered across the communities, that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Mm. We have this thing, Martha, called the I work for him covenant that really is the greatest steps. And it works no matter what your, what, no matter what your workplace looks like. These are the steps that God laid on my heart as I worked on my job as God revealed to me that my workplace was a ministry place. 
Yeah, so it, it's not like this hard, fast rule, um, but it is a guideline of ideas that God, like like Jim said, lived out in his life and said, you know what, this is what God's called me to do, and I want to share it with other people. On our website is I, at iworkforhim.com, you, um, actually, when you go to the website, a, a flag will pop up and say, join the nation. And if you go there, you can see this um I work for him nation covenant that Joe has put up on the screen. And it's really simple steps. Uh, and these mm-hmm. are the steps. I mean, the first thing that God worked in my heart is that Jim, just start praying for the people that you work with, that, that you spend time with every day. So for some of you, it's just via video. For some of you, it's face to face. Maybe it's your regular customers, whatever it may be, you know, but start praying for them by name each and every day. And then I always, I worked in the, to find out their spouse's name, find out, find out their kids' names if they got grandkids. And, and then, you know, down the road, you can maybe ask them, is there anything I could be praying for you about? But just start by praying for them, by name each and every day. Then look for ways to serve them over and above what your job requires you to do. Look for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace because relationship is where we get the opportunity to really share what Christ has done in our life. Look for ways to pray with people when you notice they're having a bad day. When you actually say to somebody, how you doing today, Joe? And what are you going to say, Joe? You're going to say, um... I'm good. No, or come on, Joe. You're going to say, I'm fine. <laughs> good you wrecked work. my example. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. And we all know that fine means freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. That's what we got from the Italian job. So fine. When people say fine. So really, but how are you really doing? Mm-hmm. And then listen for the answer and then say, thank you for sharing that. Can I pray with you about that right now? That's what we got to do. But none of that matters if we're not people of excellence in a workplace. And that's the last thing excellence in our workplace we need to be the most excellent people in our workplace and that gives us a platform for discipleship it really does so so back to your question what are some things that we should be doing this fall number one is don't wait for something else to change don't wait for um, you know, things to calm down because that's never going to happen. We've, I think we've kind of figured that out. Take the opportunity to, to, today to start something new and um, pray. A lot of people we talk to have never even thought about praying for their boss and their coworkers and their employees or their vendors. Think about the people that you interact with on a daily basis and the stresses that they're going through just like you are, but they're probably different. You know, if they're in manufacturing and they can't make anything, how in the world can they sell anything? And, you know, whatever that might be. But um, just that alone can completely, as you know, when you pray for a neighbor that you're not happy with, or you're, you know, you pray for that family member that you've got friction with, it, it gives you a whole different perspective on them when you start taking them to the Lord. And so, even that one step, um, which is the most important, and that's why it's first, is um, a great place to start as you're looking to the fall and what's going to be ahead, but but not to wait. You don't have to have like a certain date on the calendar to start praying. Right. I think the other thing is the mindset deal. You know, Romans 12, 2 has been powerful in our lives. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. But and this is the NLT version. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Each one of us needs to erase the old thinking that there's two tiers in the kingdom, pastors and missionaries and everybody else at the second tier. That's not the way the kingdom was designed. We're all at the same level. We all have different 
talents, gifts, talents, and abilities. We're all meant to serve alongside each other. Many of you are the lead pastor in your workplace. Mm-hmm. Think of yourself that way. You're a min- you are in your ministry place each and every day, whether you're doing it via Zoom, whether you're doing it in person. That's a ministry place, whether you're selling commercial real estate or whether you're working in an insurance agency or insurance company, whatever it may be, you are on the mission field. If people in our workplaces, how many of them do you think really know what's going on in your life? Mm. And so many of them might be surprised at the struggles that we have. Um, and so just think of what is probably going on in their life that we have no idea of. So that just kind of spurred me today to, to get more individual, you know, because I think of the people I relate to in different spheres and I think kind of groups and that's like not bad, but can I be more specific and not to take a person on as a project, but a person as a human being and, and be more genuinely concerned. And uh, this has been good for me to, to refocus on individuals and to not just assume that people are doing okay as well uh, with the people that we interact with. So it's what Jesus um, did best, Joe. He focused on individuals. Yeah. And, and loved them well and genuinely cared. And, and so uh, I would encourage each of us to be thinking, uh, you know, just as we start um, thinking about the different people that, that you work with in your work, Who's coming to mind for you? Is it a is it a vendor, a employee, a coworker, uh, a boss? You know who who comes to your mind? Maybe it's somebody that you've already been praying for. And here's their website. Here's real simple. I work the number four him.com. And so uh, this is a great uh, resource as well. Uh, it's got the challenge on there that. Uh, that Jim and Martha shared earlier, as, as well as other resources. I uh, see that I retire for him. I, uh, I hadn't noticed that before. I'm glad you passed that out. But yeah. there's also great podcasts and things on there so that, uh, you know, if you're drive to work, instead of listen to, to maybe some of the nonsense talk shows that are out there, you can listen to, to bolstering messages and stories about people uh, I- integrating their faith in their work. And, and, um, and this is, you know, this is something we all need is to be encouraged to to pray. And and I need this because it's easily for, forgotten. We get so busy. Busyness is the killer of love, I think, in many of our contexts is that we we have so many things to do from, you know, roofers re-roofing our house to car repairs to things we got to pick up at the laundry that it's hard sometimes to, to really take time to make the things that are important. So Jim and Martha, any thing you want to share with us in terms of a parting comment, just what, what would you challenge us to do? What, what word do you have for us to encourage us to, to honor him in our work? Um, I think uh, really just that resounding idea of not to wait for some perfect opportunity to come along, but to really say today, Lord, what can I do today? And to be, to start that with prayer for our coworkers as we look to the fall, you know, there's a lot, of stressors in our country um, and to be that that light and um, just to continue to live your faith so that people aren't surprised by the things that you say 
um, but that they're that they're they they see that it aligns and um, because we know that opens doors for conversation that can lead to um, eternal differences in people's lives. So we've got a resource out there. So we've got a lot of podcasts that are an hour long podcast or forty five minutes. We've taken a bunch of our highlight like fantastic shows and created a power pod. So it's about fifteen minutes or less. So we've taken out a lot of the. Well, me talking probably and just eliminate, <laughs> uh, puts just, you get to the meat of the story really, really quickly. So when you go on our website, just look up the power pod. There's 140 of those out there. But I want to just mention, Joe, I totally disagree with you. You said it's the busyness that gets in the way. And I will tell you that Jesus was busy, but he was never in a hurry. He was, and it's the hurry, I think, that destroys our ministry opportunities. We're in such a hurry, we miss the people God puts in front of us. And that, I think, is what we need to change as Jesus followers. But here's, here's really my word for you. Uh, Buck Jacobs, the founder of C12, said this. He goes, you know, I have a 23-hour day. The first hour is the Lord's. And too many of us get up, we check our phones, and we get going. Boom, we're ready to go. We're looking at emails at 6 o'clock in the morning. We need to get up. We need to spend time with the Lord before we do anything else. Because how do we expect to hear what he wants us to do unless we listen? Well, those are good words. And so it's it's good to be with y'all today. Norfuel, uh, I was going to ask Claude to close us in prayer. So if you could unmute Claude. And uh, Claude, will you uh, just sure. bless, bless the people involved today? And may God open our minds to to think of people that we need to be involved with and love well. Absolutely. Okay. Heavenly Father, what an important truth that this is today. And as we were talking about in the breakout, there may, the people that you have divinely placed in our workplaces, they may not have anybody praying for them. They may not have anybody that's engaging them in a, a true relationship outside of just casual acquaintances and how important that is. And I love the thing that uh, Bill Peel had uh, taught me is that we have to earn the right to be heard. And a lot of times that involves us being proactive and being sensitive to what you're doing in the lives of the hearts of those that are too soon to be believers. And Father, as we pray for each, each of those people in our workplaces that work alongside us daily, that allows us the opportunity to come alongside what you're doing in the hearts and the lives of those that you've placed in us. Thank you so much for the idea that we are to be the pastor, the lead pastor in our workplace. And that's not something that we sort of bestow upon ourselves. It's just by matter of you placing us there. Father, let us truly understand the significance and the importance of that as well. And uh, just thank you for uh, Jim and Martha. Bless them. Continue to to give them great favor in their ministry. Thank you for Joe and BLE as well, too. Mm-hmm. And we just ask and pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Well, bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jim and Martha, for taking the time to come out of the cold of Florida and, and, and minister to us. and. Thank you. Yeah, we're privileged. Thanks for letting us share uh, some of our story. And we just encourage you. If you really want to be encouraged, go out to our website, listen to the podcast, sign up for it. It's on every podcast platform out there. Um, Literally, it will encourage you. Just hearing people's stories, it helps grow your faith. Amen. Bless you guys. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work work for him. him. 
Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com.